do we need to go before like a review board about your license? Not not quite yet. We just not we're, quite we're still hey, we had a good college week. We just struggled a little bit in the NFL, but no, we're not we're not okay. on probation or anything like that. No board review. Not, not needed. No review needed indeed. The doctor storms back last week. Three and two in the power five. Ten and four overall in the NFL. We will get to it. First, this is Swipe Right Sports, your sports pod hookup. I'm your host, Bobby Adcock. Lots to get to. We'll start out always with a quick college football DFS recap mini preview and then head over to the pick segment with the doctor, a 18-game board of college and pro for you this week to give you all kinds of juicy nuggets, tidbits uh, for your consideration as you determine all of your locks for the week six NFL board, week seven college. Plenty to get to. Let's go. Okay, six weeks in the books for college football. Um, last week, some good things to go over. The targets, Sam James, I think, did his job to get value at his price with a 6.66 one line. Uh, KJ Hamler, not terrible, not great. Probably didn't hurt you at his price. He got the, I think, a few catches for 40 some yards, and, and he got the touchdown as well. And then the other one, David Bell, in the same game. Uh, just didn't do a whole lot. That offense is a train wreck right now with all the issues at quarterback. Their Purdue is uh, deciding if they should make a quarterback switch already from Jack Palmer to Aiden O'Connell just in that one week. So um, a lot of issues there. I still think because of his role and because it can only kind of get better as they transition to a new quarterback, um, He's still a great price, and I think I look to him again, that is David Bell for Purdue this week, I still think has uh, some value to outperform his price. But staying in that game, I think the nice thing from last week that uh, I hit well was the affordable stacks. And with Penn State, uh, Sean Clifford, four total touchdowns, three in the air, one on the ground. Uh, that Penn State running back situation still way too murky to kind of trust in any way. So Journey Brown didn't work out. Uh, on the flip side, the other kind of reliable, affordable stack that I was looking at in the Big Ten, uh, I think what was great with the Minnesota Gophers. Uh, Tanner Morgan ends up with three touchdowns in the air. One to Tyler Johnson for, uh, I think, his fifth or sixth of the year. Uh, not a big day receiving from him, but got the touchdown to save his day. Uh, Bateman had two catchers, 71 yards. So decent there, but the big one was uh, uh, Rodney Smith, running back, uh, had the 211 yards on the ground and the one touchdown. He even got maybe some production taken away from Shannon Brooks, who's coming back from an injury, he had a touchdown and 111 yards of his own. So, um, But because of their prices, I think that worked out uh, really well and also will be something this week to keep an eye on with those um, kind of mid-level, uh, lower-priced, affordable stacks. So again, teams that 
have really great matchups, but don't have that marquee name value of like Oklahoma and uh, Alabama who have all the chalky prices. So there's a couple that I had my eye on this week, similar to Minnesota and Penn State last week that you need to look for in my post on fakepigskin.com, which should be dropping Friday at some point. But I think that's going to be a, uh, a huge critical factor moving forward. It's just, you know, cradling in those those mid-level teams that have really good matchups, don't have super high prices, and getting maybe 35, 40 point pr- production from their offenses um, as in not paying the price that you have to pay for, you know, Alabama, Oklahoma. Uh, so look for that again. That is what I want to talk about for college football DFS week six uh, recap and the mini preview for the week seven post. With that, let's get to the picks. Okay, we're back here for college football week seven to start this uh, 18-game board off here. And I'm joined by the doctor, as always. How are you, doctor? Doctor's doing well. Uh, I think you owe me an apology. I think I, uh, <laughs> you were calling for board reviews last week. I think, I think Senator, I think you owe this committee an apology. The committee, you owe, this, you owe me an apology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tom hanging there. Uh, it was a good poll. Um, yeah. So I know as you you wouldn't hear this, but uh, the opener earlier, I, I laid that out. So um, you already apologized then. Well, I don't know if there was there was an apology. I just gave you credit for uh, storming back, and and pretty much primarily in the NFL, which we'll get to. But for right now, for college, you were one and three last week. Yeah, that's, that's okay. Doctor's always been an NFL expert. Never, never right. played the college. Right, right. The model applies to the program, as we know. So, that's right. uh, so yeah, one and three. Brighton's 12-12 and one on the year. I was two and two, bringing me to 13-11 and one on the year. And uh, we have, uh, a, I would say, a much more, uh, much more interesting board of games. Not only with our kind of teams, but uh, uh, all around college this week. Yeah, I think what's what's interesting, Bob, is we think there we have some big games in front of us, and let's throw out Michigan and Illinois. The other four I consider you know pretty big games, all of them double digit spreads. So, well, are, are they are they really big games? Well, we're gonna. That's one thing I want to talk about. Let's just get into it with the first game, um, which is the U of M Wolverines minus twenty two. <laughs> At Illinois and Lovey Smith's beard. Uh, why, don't, why don't you start this one off here? I, I will. I, I'd like to start with a, a quote from uh, head coach Jim Harbaugh after the game against Iowa last week. <laughs> I feel like we're very close offensively and very close to hitting our stride. Hitting on all cylinders. Really good evidence to back that up and also what I see. Okay, so someone might say uh, they played two really good defenses in Wisconsin and Iowa. Well, Wisconsin's played South Florida, Central Michigan, Northwestern, and Kent State. That's not necessarily offensive powerhouses. Iowa played Miami of Ohio, Rutgers, Iowa State, and Middle Tennessee State. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how great those defenses are. Um, so this offense has close to hitting all strides. Uh, last week, 
with beneficiary of four turnovers and only scored three points. Patterson is the third lowest overall QB rating uh, uh, last week. And then three games this year, their running back has not reached 50 yards. So I'm not sure what Harbaugh is talking about there, <laughs> but it's, I felt like I had to call that out. Also, uh, if you watched the game last week, Joel Klatt, the number of times he said Don Brown could not have been more obnoxious. Um, <laughs> never, heard, never heard two coordinators reference more than these guys. It's, it's incredible. Anyway, all, all that said, uh, I just had to bring that up because I think it's funny. Um, all that said, this is Michigan playing another awful team, and so this is what they do. Um, their offense might hit their stride this week. I think they cover the 22 and a half, um, but I found those comments and, and that summary laughable and wanted to share that with you and the listeners. Yes, uh, so very comical, uh, absolutely. By the way, the quarterback, uh, Patterson, he backed it up this week with his own comments saying that sky's the limit was one of the quotes for this offense uh so they're very very close um of course right in time for the illinois matchup which is perfect and again kind of going back to what you said this is what they do you know we talk about like you know like those those great uh head coach quarterback combinations like you know brady and belichick having their signature moments this is a Harbaugh Patterson special. This is a signature moment for them against Illinois. This is the way they do their thing. And uh, I'm with you. I'm laying the 22 and a half all the way. 96th ranked defense for Illinois in terms of yards per game. So, uh, and no Brandon Peters revenge game, it looks like. Uh, he looks like he is out with an injury for Illinois. So, uh, I am laying the 22 and a half with U of M as well. And let's move on to a, a real football game at noon. Uh, that I will probably be watching on the main stage as opposed to that one we just mentioned, which is the Red River Showdown Sooners in the Cotton Bowl against Texas. Sooners minus 11 points. Where's the doctor here? Well, well first, I, I just can't believe they had to change the name to the Red River Showdown instead of the Red River Shootout. And I think that's just also hilarious how they changed that I mean, it was a classic game and had to change the name and rebrand it very, was, that like, was, that like, was that like a 2019 thing where they someone got offended I, uh, I think it was like more of a 2016 thing I think it's been like the way for like two or three years but yeah it was certainly like a had to be like a PC move in a way it's just it's unbelievable something yeah. offensive yeah it's something that's what people talk about um, alright here um, I, I think the story is you've got two pretty high powered offenses and um, you know, kind of who's gonna who's gonna keep up? Um, you know, the Texas pass defense is ranked 121st in the nation. Uh, they keep it up over 330 yards in three of their six games. Uh, West Virginia put up 367. Burrow and LSU put up 471. Kip and La Tech put up like 331. So Hurts is gonna have a field day. I mean, he's averaged 14 yards a pass. He's got 14 TDs. A lot of points here. I just think Hurts. Is going to be too much uh, for Ellinger and the crew to, to keep up with. It's, it's just what's going to be. Exciting first half. I just think the Sooners, it's just going to be be too much in the end. Their defense is, is a little better and will get more stops than a Texas team will. So I'm going to go Oklahoma minus 11 and a half. Okay. Well, um, you're, you're right on about the Texas defense. And like I mentioned, Illinois is ranked 96th in the country in yards per game. Uh, Texas is eight spots behind them at 104 in yards per game allowed. So that is uh, rough looking for them. And uh, 
this is really, regardless of the defense, because they're not going to stop Oklahoma. That's not going to happen. Uh, this is really all about Texas' ability to control the game with Ellinger's legs and kind of their short, low-risk pass game. And uh, this is also kind of a, a game where we look at Oklahoma and are they the Kansas City Chiefs of college football? Is this defense so flawed that they cannot just simply outscore people uh, and overwhelm them with offense? So I do think that Texas does enough with Ellinger. I think he's showed up and has a knack in these big games going back to last season where even if they lose, he does enough to keep them competitive and have their offense just kind of win time and possession and keep pace. So I am going to take the uh, Texas in the 11 points with uh, Ellinger there. Um, And that brings us to uh, kind of a sour point here in the picks. Our Michigan State Spartans and the Wisconsin Badgers, Wisconsin minus 10 and a half. This is in Madison. And I, I, I don't want to do this, but I think I have to lay something out um, about Michigan State and our fearless leader, D'Antonio. So a few weeks ago, you talked about just how, you know, people who are calling for his job and, you know, it's ridiculous and stuff. And, you know, I, I was kind of like, I don't know that it's, I don't know that it's ridiculous. And, and, I think after last week, I'm just going to put this out there. Um, So after the college football playoff in 2015, there's been three full years plus the games this year. Now, in that stretch, if you remove all the non-conference cupcake wins and wins over Rutgers, which is basically a Division II football team, Michigan State is 14-19. and Two of those wins have come over teams that have finish the year ranked um and i think with last saturday kind of when the reality was setting in it again this isn't just straight records and it's not just the losses last saturday was not competitive in the third quarter these are not competitive games and when you go from that and it's not just one year of this now this is over three years where this is this inconsistency is happening and where they're not really doing what he did from 11 to 15, which was routinely contending for and winning big 10 championships. So I don't like this point that I don't like these seasons. Now we're basically, we're at this point now where our season is, well, maybe we can beat U of M and that's like the whole, all we got left. And I'm just kind of not interested in it. So I think, they probably at this point need to be taking it more seriously to move on from them. If we get to Saturday or this Saturday and see Wisconsin, you know, they're in the fourth quarter and Wisconsin just kind of hand the ball off, trying to kill the clock up 13, 14 points. I mean, what are we doing here? So um, look, I'll let you just kind of, I'll let you kind of respond to that and we can do the picks. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fair. It's an okay discussion. So there was a three and nine season in there, which, I think you roped off 19 losses. So nine of them came in that season. Okay. So you can, you can pick that out and it looks a little better. Um, still not beating ranked teams, as you said. I think the difference is this. Look, I mean, they, they signed up for the rookie. Um, and I don't think he's the quarterback that everybody thought he was going to be two years ago. You can talk about injuries with him if you want, but I, I think that's the, 
the biggest problem. And you look back at what uh, kind of Cook did and what Cousins did and some of those big wins, and those guys were the difference makers. I just, Worky hasn't done that. Uh, I don't mean to put it all on, on the quarterback position, but that's really, if you look at it, that's, that's kind of kind of what happened. I mean, there's, you know, the run game could be a little better and things like that. So, you know, the big picture, uh, it's worth a discussion. I'm still not there yet, and it's going to take a lot for me to get there. Um, but you're right. Last week was not competitive, and I still heard some Michigan State fans going, well, if the rookie makes that throw to Cody White and they score this, that. No, Ohio State was going to put up a billion points if they wanted to. And, and, right. <laughs> and, and it's just, and it's like Michigan State defense is really good, but – it's not good enough to play against like elite teams, and it. I sent you that meme with the three Spider Mans in it, where Michigan, Iowa, and Michigan State were all pointing at each other. And yes. They're the same team. They're all the same team. It is right, right now. They are. They've got pretty good defenses, and their offenses are horrific. Um, so I mean, that's that's kind of the state of the program for Michigan State. I'm with you. It gets a a, a little disappointed. I'm going to hang on and hope uh, that they can find a way to win this week. I, I think there's a a playbook for them to do that. Um, I don't think Wisconsin's defense has played anybody. And as negative as I just was on Michigan State's offense, there were a few spots um, on Saturday night that I thought they moved it pretty well. They still made some mistakes that they've made consistently over the course of time. They need to change that. Um, so I, I think they have a chance against this Wisconsin D. Let's see if they, they can prove themselves. And then, in fairness, you know, this is an offense that sets up well for Michigan State's defense. It's not elite speed on the outside. You don't have a run back. Uh, Taylor's certainly going to get some, but I think they have a chance to bottle him up. So I'm going to go with the X factors on the Wisconsin's quarterback, Jack Cohen, if he can make some throws or move around with his legs. But as you saw last Saturday, if, if it's not Fields, if it's a non-mobile quarterback, Michigan State has a lot more success, I think. I mean, they were still getting to him. He's just that receivers are that good. So I don't think Wisconsin has that. So I'm going to MSU uh, plus the 10.5 thinking that the offense is going to show up a little more and the defense will uh, contain Taylor enough and make Cohen make some plays that he really can't make and and they're going to cover the 10.5 and let's hope they have a chance to win the fourth quarter. Okay. I I think that uh, I think you're correct that it is a good matchup. I think this is kind of a I don't know, Wisconsin's a maybe a little bit better version of like an Iowa. Um, they they play good defense. They run the ball. They do enough in the passing game and hide their quarterback enough to just kind of like not make mistakes. So, um, yeah, that said, uh, I feel like schedule-wise, this just sets up so perfectly for Wisconsin where they're basically coming off a bye week uh, with Kent. And, you know, MSU coming off just a really tough game or a very physical game with Ohio State and a tough place tough spot for them to respond and uh, I'm losing faith rapidly as you can tell so uh, yeah, I, I can tell doing, the tone of your voice I, I am doing Wisconsin um, my set and again Wisconsin next to Ohio State has right now I know they haven't played anybody but they've been dominant defensively and have the top ranked defense I don't think that sets up nicely for uh, what we have in, in, in Michigan State. So uh, I'm going to do Badgers minus a 10 and a half. And just to add on what you were saying with your Spider-Man meme, and, you know, I was around a bunch of guys last week and kind of watching uh, football and stuff like that. And over the course of the day, you know, you're watching, um, you know, Auburn, Florida, and, uh, you know, Iowa, Michigan, you know, they, they got you know rankings next to their name. 
and really a, co- a common theme of the day was there are no good teams. There are five or six actual probably really like real teams in college football and the rest of it it's just a huge drop off and these are just kind of beating up on each other and it's a little pillow fights amongst each other that's all it is i mean that iowa michigan game those are just two just not good teams yeah i think that's fair and that goes to the point about the spread the spreads we made earlier i might stretch it to like 10 12 teams where there's there's a a few of them that are going to end up losing close games. That can compete with some of these, probably the five or six you have in mind. I probably have five or six other ones that can't compete with that top five versus the kind of the Iowa, Michigan, Michigan State, where we're kind of saying they really can't compete with those teams. No. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it was one of the more uh, consistent uh, mentions. So, it, 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 it rung true. So, let's move on to uh, maybe a similar theme here with your USC Trojans going to the Irish in what is a night game, correct? It is. <laughs> 7.30 p.m. Eastern time night game. I was, convi- I was convinced it was 3.30, uh, but the Irish are laying a, uh, a substantial 10.5 to your Trojans. What does the doctor say? Well, this is a game that's, that's rich in history. Um, it has been a close series. I think it's 32-29-3 overall with, with Notre Dame leading. But it's also rich in history in a different way. Bob, this game has been mentioned in two movies, and I am sure you are familiar with both of these movies. Do you know which two movies this game has been mentioned in? I mean... Not necessarily by name, but it's been said in the background on the TV. I mean, Ru- Rudy? No, no gotta get, the, get out of here. I, <laughs> guess it wasn't, I guess technically it wasn't Rudy. I guess. That's not what I was thinking. Two for the money? No. Godfather Part 2, it was the 1958 game where Notre Dame beat USC 20-13 to when Michael went to go visit Hyman Roth at his home. Oh. And then the second one you're going to love is Die Hard, when uh, the late great Sergeant Al Powell, I believe was his name in the movie, walked into the Nakatomi Plaza, and the guy is watching, uh, the tenant there is watching TV. On, uh, yes. on the street in the lobby. And ND was up 7-0. Now, and that Die Hard movie contains one of our favorite actors and favorite villains of all time, Hans Gruber, uh, R.I.P. Alan Rickman. Uh, <laughs> and also one of our favorite lines, uh, Ellis, uh, Hans, Bobby, I'm your white knight. And I yes. bring that up because there is no white knight for, for USC this weekend. They have been horrific wow. on the road against BYU and Washington. Um... They are uh, haven't won in South Bend since 2011. The home team in this series is six and zero against the spread in the last six. Um, so I just I don't see USC having the firepower to do this. Notre Dame has been been pretty balanced. Um, if they're going to have any chance to do this, it's going to be the USC wide receivers having a day against the ND secondary. Uh, I just think the ND front's going to going to slow that down and not give it a chance. So. I'm going to go uh, Notre Dame minus 11 with no white knight from Ellis. Wow, that was special. Um, and also, that guard, who he said, he goes, I got, did he have 50 bucks on one of the teams? Yeah, he goes, I got 50 bucks on these guys. I think he just said these guys. I think it was a lot. All right, all right. I, I forgot pull. Amazing pull there. All right, uh, so, yeah. Uh, so it's, it's 10 and a half, by the way. You got Andy minus 10 and a half. Um, Sorry, Buck. No, you're fine. Um, 
so yeah I, I think that the Trojans you know they followed that Utah win nice performance and basically were non-competitive with Washington they were down 28-7 in the third quarter um, and they kind of fought their way back but it was one of those little fake comebacks that you know we see all the time and um, and you know Paul Feinbaum this week. I don't know if you're familiar oh, with his work. Uh, you're familiar with his work? Unfortunately, yeah. I am very familiar with his work. He he joined me and said that this is it for Clay Helton. He threw dirt on it. He started putting nails in the coffin. And he joined me, so um, I'm sticking with it. Clay Helton done after this week. And, uh, yeah, I think the Irish, I think he probably put a, put a hurt on these guys. So um, I'm laying the 10.5 with Notre Dame. The defense is when what was supposed to be a little bit suspect for them and actually has played pretty well. Um, they were actually the made the, probably the biggest difference in that Virginia game. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Irish laying the 10.5. Uh, tough day for USC. And let's go to uh, my favorite game of the day. And it's not the primetime game night game on abc which is the big 10 uh garbage iowa penn state game for the third week in a row how, how upset is abc with these big 10 primetime games uh, uh not that game uh it is uh the lsu tigers playing 13 and a half to the florida gators uh where's the doctor on this one yeah well the the, the number jumps at me as as big Right, I, I if you had asked me right away, I certainly said thirteen and a half. Um, so that initially jumps at me. It's something to consider. And I think what it stems from is uh, Florida's kind of made made their hay this year on turnovers. Uh, I think they lead the nation in takeaways, um, and have been been get a lot of their points off of that. Uh, I've got a lot of confidence in in Burrow. He didn't play well in this game last year. He's been playing very well. Um, I think he takes care of the ball, uh, moves the chains, and uh, scores enough points for them to get out early and stay out. I, I think that Trask uh, being a little banged up from last week isn't going to help Florida at all. Uh, he's not that mobile, so I don't see them being able to put up a bunch of points. I, I think LSU is kind of wears them down throughout, and they're going to cover 13 now. Yeah, I... I, I know what you're saying there, and I think this is a – I like this game because this is kind of which unit is the most for real. You have, you know, this Florida defense, which is getting talked about for last week, and they are good. Uh, they have a lot of returning starters, uh, and especially strong in the secondary. Their combo at corner of C.J. Henderson and Mark Wilson is some of the best probably in their conference, maybe in the country. They'll be going against uh, LSU safety Grant Delpit, to claim uh, who is the real DBU in the SEC. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I think the reason the line is the way it is is because, you know, Florida has one side of the ball that is so weak that if they get behind, man, it's, it's going to be, you know, you got an offense that's going to have to start taking chances and doing things they're not comfortable with. And then also their great defense, which is probably going to have to start taking chances it really doesn't want to against an offense that has athletes all over the place. And now the system and the design where they spread out and just kind of have the quarterback to make a ton of plays. So um, I think, Coach Joe, go, go Tigers. Yeah, Coach, and he, you know, look, give him credit. He made the move. They hired, uh, I forget the guy's name at the moment, but he took some chance on some NFL offensive assistant and said, hey, 
The offense is yours. Um, have at it. Let him do his thing. And these guys look unstoppable. And this will definitely be their toughest test at this point. But they look uh, they look dangerous with all the playmakers. Yeah, I agree. And I think this is going to be the, the game that's going to prove them to be consistent. Right? I think they've been living on the home run ball. Not a bad way. They're just so much better than they've been playing. This game, I think, They'll hit a couple of them, but not nearly to the level they have been. And they're just going to have to move the chains. And I think I think they're going to be able to do that and really cement themselves as you know, a contender to come out of the SEC for the playoff. Yeah, and I think like we talked about, you know, there aren't any really good teams. I think when we talk bringing the handful of five or six teams, I think LSU is one of those five or six teams. So, uh, yeah, I think, they, I think they win big here. That will do it for the college ranks. Um, and let's get to week six of the NFL. And as mentioned, um, wow, what a what a comeback! What a response from the doctor last week. Power five winning record, three and two, eleven and fourteen on the season. Uh, but I think more importantly, overall last week, ten and four, ten and four to bring yourself to. 39 and 34 on the year. I think that's something like a 53 win percentage. Pretty solid. Yeah, I'm not going to celebrate. I mean, those are the things I expect to happen every week. I just took offense to your comment about the board review last week. This is, this is what I do. This is what I do, and I'll continue to do. I've got some juicy ones in here for you this evening. All right, well, that's, that's, why, that's why the name, The Doctor. Uh, so, uh, me and the Power Five this week, three and two. 13-12 overall in the year. And, and, you know, just a little, you know, touch up my shoulder pads a little bit. 10-5 uh, and five over the last three weeks in the Power Five. You know, they, that's they, pretty good. That's they, good. They, they call that seeing the board in the industry. So, um, <laughs> overall, 33-40 on the season for the NFL. I was 7-7 seven and seven last week. So, not, not still trying to recover from a week one debacle. But, uh, all right, let's set the stage for the uh, overall landscape in the NFL. Um, th- there was kind of a break even with the dogs and uh, the road and home teams the last week, so we're still having the dogs on the year at 47-31. Road teams are 48-30. Home favorites, 17-36. and I think they made up a little bit of ground last week, but not much. Um, home dogs, 10-14 and on the year. And the big favorites, uh, which is uh, we consider to be seven points or more, uh, there's now four outright losses. And the big one last week was... Kansas City going down on Sunday night football. Um, so we have nine home favorites on the board this week, five home dogs, and I think four favorites by seven or greater. And we're picking 13 games because we exclude TNF. How, how do you feel about that board? Uh I feel pretty good about it. There's some interesting things in here for sure. Uh, we'll, we'll get to them. You're going to hear a little theme about uh, a couple of trap games in here that, that I see that popped right out um, that I think we'll have some fun talking about. All right. I think I might know what you're talking about. Let's get let's get to London where we now have the second uh, London game. And this is one that actually is at uh, 9.30 Eastern kickoff in the United States. So we get to wake up with um, an NFL game. We have the Panthers Minus two and a half to the Buccaneers. Where's the doctor? Well, I'll start with you know, we're back in Tottenham, um, who cannot be happy about their field being taken over. They lost last week. 
to Brighton Her Albion 3-0, which is like a team from the bottom of the table. And Tottenham's supposed to be one of the best ones. So I'll throw that in there. Tottenham's not real happy about, about this NFL setup and using their stadium. Um, that, that's great to know. Already, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the listeners are going to love that. So these two teams already played already played once. Um, already played once this year, 20 to 14 win for, for the Bucks over Carolina. Um, so a little different team this time because Cam, Cam is not playing. Um, so last week I was uh, hard on the Bucks because their, uh, their defense isn't that great. And you pointed out that their, that their rush defense is really good. And I said last week that didn't matter. Um, of course they didn't. So, uh, but this week it does matter because, uh, Carolina's kind of made their living on running the ball now. Um, Kyle's been okay. He's only thrown one TD in the last two weeks, though. Uh, they've been relying on uh, McCaffrey the last three weeks, who went for 153, 93, and 176 on the ground. And so I, I think that the uh, Tampa Bay D will, will contain him, force Kyle Allen to um, to be different. I don't think he's he's ready for that yet. So. Um, I don't know if I've done this yet, but I'm taking crab legs plus two and a half. Wow, good for you. Um, so I I hate these games, uh, uh, these stupid London games, and you know, d- defense. I don't know if it does travel to London. Uh, what happened to the yeah. Bears? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't travel for a half, that's for sure. What happened? Uh, yeah, uh, we'll get to the, we'll talk about the Raiders more. I can't wait for that. But uh, yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go the other way here. I, I think uh, Sue's a little bit banged up. I think he's going to play, but, uh, you know, I think it's tough to beat a divisional opponent twice in one month. And Panthers now a little bit hot here. And since that loss, they, they've won three straight. And I think they get quietly here to four in a row and overall four and two. So I'm just going to do uh, Panthers minus two and a half. Uh, don't have a strong feeling about it. Again, hate these games. So let's just get on to maybe a more intriguing game that you were uh, alluding to earlier. <laughs> the uh, Seahawks of Seattle travel to, uh, well, what do we want to say? What do we want to call the Cleveland Browns at this point? Um, whatever, whatever that team was on Monday night, the Cleveland Browns, Seattle minus one and a half. I have a feeling I know where you're at, but I'll let you go. Yeah, you you know this is this is a big of a trap as, as you're going to get. I mean, you look at this game, uh, Seattle being four and one, and then what Cleveland looked like last Monday night. He's going there. There's no there's no way uh, Seattle's not going to cover the one and a half, right? So this is this is trap. You got to go Cleveland plus one and a half. Um, if, if you need some some confidence, the Seattle uh, wins have been against Cincinnati. Pittsburgh, Arizona, and then the Rams was a decent game on Thursday night. Um, so another, their other three wins are not great if you need a little convince on this trap, but you shouldn't. This is just, it makes no sense. You have to take Cleveland plus one and a half um, and just, you know, just trust Vegas is uh, doing the right thing here. And Baker and the boys up against it are going to are gonna make some happen. So Cleveland plus one and a half. Okay. Um, I want to bring something out here. Um, remember this stat I brought out a couple weeks ago, I think it was pass block win rate. Yeah, yeah. So it's sustaining your blocks at 2.5 seconds or greater. And that's considered a win for, you know, the offensive line, right? Yeah. 
So I want to give this to you. I know where you're going. Yep. <laughs> you, you gotta, you got, you, you gotta pick a side here. You gotta pick a side. So, yep. uh, uh, Browns offensive guard Joel Betonio. He ranks out as fifth in the NFL in this stat. Their center, J.C. Treader, ranks out at second in the NFL. The Browns as a team rank out as seventh in the NFL in pass block win rate, meaning they are good. Throw, throw the ball. Throw the ball. Do so something. Here, here, either this, either this. You have to pick a side. Either this stat is complete garbage and should never be acknowledged again, or Baker Mayfield right now flat out stinks. Uh, he stunk last Monday, that's for sure, and he stunk against Tennessee. So there's two games he was really bad in. Um, no, I, I think I think that's that's a. I did not think you were going that way. Actually, that's not what I thought was going to come out of this conversation. Um, well, because let, let me just say this: not very good. No, because let me. But I, I know. But when you watch, we were watching that on Monday night. We were kind of messaging a little bit, and you were like, "Every time he drops back, it's complete chaos," and it is. Right. So I'm like, because I and I said before last week we were talking about this game. I said I like San Fran. One of the things I referenced was I think there's a big mismatch right here with their D-line and the Browns' offensive line. I think there's just right now, the way they're playing, this seems like a, a big mismatch. And it played out that way a little bit. And so, and we're watching that game. And then I see this stat this week, and I'm going, well, what, what is this? What are they, are, are you telling me that they're a good offensive line? I can't believe that. Like, can, I, I can't, how is this stat being measured? I don't even know. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting discussion, but I think you know, maybe the stat is a little misleading, but also, like we said, like he, hold, he holds the ball, and maybe he just makes it look like a fire drill every time because he's just happy feet, to use the term, right? He's always kind of moving around, and maybe he just needs to sit down and make make the progression read if, if he's actually getting as much time as that stat would indicate and do something with it. But anyway, he's going to do it this this Sunday because there's no way Seattle, <laughs> that's not happening. It's just too easy of a bet to take Seattle. It's got to be Cleveland. So, yeah, and as you said, um, when when I look at these games, and I'm sure you do as well, this similar way, you try to look at it and go, okay, what's the case for each team? There is no case for Cleveland. There's not, right? there's not one stat. There's not one, like, eyeball test. There's not one matchup you can point to where you go, oh, they could exploit this. Um, it makes no sense. I actually thought this line would be like three, three and a half. Seattle. Um, so, same logic. I'm on Cleveland uh, plus the one and a half. So, we'll see how that works. Let's get to one of the more eh, surprising matchups, I think, heading after last week. But uh, Kansas City at home laying four and a half to the Houston Texans. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this one out here. Yeah. I just, I just want to let you know that, you know, KC – they now desperately need a W to keep the three and two Raiders from this division race. <laughs> yeah, yes. they need to. They need to keep pace and stay ahead of the Raiders. So uh, that's number one. And then, in all seriousness, um, I think last Sunday showed that this team is desperately flawed defensively, and maybe in some pass blocking uh, instances. But it, they, I think, they need to be in the trade market on the defense uh, 
if they really want to contend. So that's that's number one. That was just a really bad loss. And give credit to, to the Colts. They 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 played well, but uh, I think that's definitely the big takeaway there. And um, I also want to say this. I want to ask a question. Outside of Mahomes, how many QBs could you say without hesitation, unequivocally, that you would take over Deshaun Watson for the next five years? So, Matt Stafford. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. I have to think about it. I don't think nobody jumps to mind. How about that? Right. You have to think about it. Right. I have thought about it. And the only name I even, the only two names I wrote down, and I'm not even sure I would do it when we're talking the next five years, was Russell Wilson and AR-12. That's it. There's, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he, he consistently turns out just these amazing games and I don't even think he's playing on that good of a team. So look, I think you know where I'm going with this. I'm very impressed with him. Um, I'm going to Houston plus the four and a half against, uh, the Chiefs and your pick. Yeah. So do you think this one breaks down to me. Do I think Houston or do I think Kansas City is going to lose twice in a row? I, I, I don't see that happening. So then I kind of go, okay, do I do I think that they're going to cover? Um, and I think the answer is yes, because I think that offense is going to going to come back, retool, and be fine. This, that was the first time like the last 22 regular season games that they've been held below like, 20 points. So they're, they're certainly going to they're going to come back and they're going to have a big game. And I know you're celebrating Deshaun Watson. They just had a huge game and Will Fuller had well, 240 yards and like three touchdowns. It was wild. I don't see them doing that again. So I'm just kind of doing a balancing act here. And my belief is that Kansas City isn't going to lose twice in a row. And, um, you know, they end up covering the points because their offense is going to, it's going to play much better than they did last week. I don't expect the same thing from, from Houston. Do I think offense has been, I'd say pretty inconsistent so far this year, as much as you want to celebrate uh, Deshaun Watson. Well, I, I think I'm more so. I'm more so concerned about Kansas' defense overall in general. Um, yeah, I don't think stop anybody. So, but like the Texans played Jacksonville and scored 13 points, and Jacksonville defense is, is not. I, everybody's still hyping them. They're, they're not great. They're, they're not, not good. good. They're, they're, they're not. They're good. not. They only scored 13 good. points there. I don't know the statistics on Carolina's defense. I don't think they're that great. I'm going to have to look real quick, but Texans only scored 10 against them. So, I mean, they've been, they've been inconsistent, and I just think the, the balancing act comes back down and, and the Chiefs, Chiefs have a day. Well, take it, don't take it from me, but take it from Tyron Matthew, the honey badger, who played on the Texans last year and is now on the Chiefs, said, to me, it's 1A, 1B with Mahomes and Watson. Is the way they prepare, tuck it up, all these. I mean, just you know, that's an NFL player. That's not me, Sam. That, that, that's yeah. I'm that's, not. Look, I'm not <laughs> shooting down Deshaun Watson. I'm just telling you, a huge day. He hasn't been consistent this year. He he's obviously can break down coverages. He did in his press conference, and and everybody loved it, which was which was fantastic. He's a great player. I just don't see it two weeks in a row. And I think Kansas City's got something to prove. They went back. I can make it happen. And that and that bum ankle on Mahomes. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! I think it's fine. I think I think what happened was they talked up this Lamar Jackson, Mahomes matchup earlier this season. Like, oh, this is the future. 
I think they got it wrong. I think they got it wrong. I think it's I think it's Watson Mahomes. No, so. I think that's fair. That's fair for yeah. sure. All right. Well, regardless of that game, um, I got Houston. You got you got KC. Um, yeah. Set your D, set your DVRs for this next one because we have the Washington Redskins traveling to Miami, Florida to take on uh, the Dolphins. Washington, I guess, is laying three and a half. So I'll just let you do your thing here. Yeah, I mean, nobody cares. Who cares? <laughs> uh, here's, here's, here's what I'll say. So um, since uh, over the last 21 games, when a coach has been fired midseason, the team that has fired the coach, it's about 500 straight up, and the team that has fired the coach is 12-9 and nine against the spread in the last 21 with midseason firing. And all of in those twenty-one games, nobody was playing this Dolphins team that is absolutely awful. So, with that in mind, I'm using the, the stats there, the twelve and nine ATS, and the fact that it's against the Dolphins, and I'm going Washington minus three point five. I don't care who's playing quarterback. Um, you know, Brian Callahan is back, and uh, it's Washington <laughs> minus three point five. Yeah, I keep thinking about these promos on like CBS or Fox. And they're like. Callahan, Flores, Keenan, Rosen. It's the <laughs> NFL on CBS. And like, oh, that's so, awesome. So, so uh, it's uh, it's rough here. Um, but I, you know what? I can't believe it, but I'm with you. I, I, as bad as both teams are, uh, I still, even before the season, I, I the skins just from a roster standpoint, from a talent standpoint, they just are superior to the Dolphins. Um, just have more kind of more difference makers across their uh, positional groups. So uh, I'm going to think that proves out in this game, and I'm going to take Washington minus three and a half. Let's just get the hell out of this game uh, and go on to one of my favorites, the Philadelphia Eagles. Travel to the Minnesota Wolverines. (laughs) (laughs) Minnesota minus three. Uh, I think you know where I stand. I'll let you go. Yeah, no, I, I like I like your narrative on, on this. Uh, this one reminds me of the the movie Zoolander. It's a gif out there. The, the Who am I? When he's looking, he's looking at the the pub on the side of the road. It's like Who am I? Uh, that, that's what both these teams are, right? So so when you say it's you know Minnesota beats up on let's say below average teams, average or below average, I'm not sold on Philadelphia being above the average line. So they have wins against the Skins, the Jets, and then a nice win at Lambeau. And they also got beat by Detroit at home and lost to Atlanta. And then, of course, Minnesota, we talked about the narrative, Atlanta, Oakland, and New York Giants. So their win with losses to Chicago and Green Bay. So I don't know what narrative to spin here, Bob. I like what you say about Minnesota being up on, on average and below teams. Philly might be in that in that bucket right now. So both teams have really good defenses, uh, run defenses. But Philly gets carved in the air. I think your boy Captain Kirk found something last week. I'm going Minnesota minus three. I know you're not doing that because you think Philadelphia is much better, but I'm going Minnesota minus three. Yeah, so I, I do think Philadelphia is much better. And look, you can say like I, I went, I backed this trend from over a year ago, and look in that time period, Philly. The only thing they've done is like you know won Super Bowls and, uh, you know, bet in the playoffs, which Minnesota, you know, they just, they don't do anything. So uh, that is why I am continuing with my theory of the the well, Michigan Vikings 
And uh, you're you're betting on the I'm betting on the Philadelphia team of Sorry, you broke up a little bit there. What was that? Oh, I'm, you're betting on the Philadelphia team of old, the one that went to the Super Bowl, the one that goes. To play. I'm betting on the team now that I I don't know yet. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I, I think it's still the same roster, the same core group of guys. And, um, yeah, I'm all over my Philly and all over my Minnesota Viking theory to continue, of course. So let's get to well, something I've been really wrong about. The New Orleans Saints at Jacksonville. Jacksonville minus one point. Um, yeah. I probably maybe spoke too soon on Teddy Two Gloves there. He went for four touchdown passes. He orchestrated drives of four drives of 75 yards or more that finished in those four touchdown passes. Uh, You know, you do it once, twice against two playoff teams, and then uh, you follow it up with a third game where you win pretty comfortably at home again. I think this is just some sort of like magical run where this is maybe the best example of a an elite team just in every phase just saying yeah we can we can get together with teddy and we can win football games and we don't care so it's just it's a good story it's a great example of uh just high level football and i'm gonna say i'm on board now i I believe so i'm not going against them anymore i think the magical war continues and they get uh, a, a w that they honestly they'll need because they're heading to a game at Chicago next week. So I have New Orleans plus one. I'll let you respond and make your pick. Yeah, um, not this Sunday. Not happening. <laughs> this is this is another trap game. Like this is not everything you said is true. New Orleans okay, two gloves is playing well. They got it going. How is this line only minus one? We already talked about Jacksonville's defense not being very good, especially against the run, which New Orleans can do very well. And then you don't have to ask that much of Teddy. So why won't this line be be the other way why wouldn't new orleans be favored here it doesn't make any sense to me um if this is another trap game and it's jacksonville minus one all right and that's fine but i i think unlike cleveland i think you can actually make a credible case for jacksonville i, I think you make can, it make it minchu mania this guy okay. this guy just yeah, okay whatever whatever he he's he's capable he can score points he can move around he's He's competent. He can play. And they, they have, you know, Leonard Fournette's a good playmaker on offense. Like, they, they have weapons. They have people that can score. I I don't I, I don't see this as some sort of, like, blowout win or anything like that or some lock of the week. But um, I think there's much more uh, they of a eat, case. They eat by the Broncos with, with Minchu. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know how, how you can he, sit there and say, I'm going to say he's bad. He's okay. But you're going to put that team up against a New Orleans team that's done what they've done the past few weeks. There's no way this line should look that way. Every Three game times. he's every Three game times. every game he started, they've won or been very competitive in the game in the fourth quarter. So I, I'm against I, the Titans, against the Broncos, and against the Carolina Panthers team without Camden, which is probably better for Carolina. So um, look, I I don't think it's some I don't think it's some lock of the week. I just I. I think all I said is you can make more of a case for them, just a logical on paper case for them than you can make for Cleveland, which I think there's no case. That's all I was saying. And I, I, I stand okay. by that. Yeah, uh, well, hey, 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 Minshew or Baker? 
There you go. There's my case. Right, get out of here. All right. Get out of here. Get out of here. All for right. Those that, for those that don't know, though, we just oftentimes when we're texting, we just, when quarterbacks are playing horrific, we just text two quarterback names and say pick one. And there's some funny names that make that list. <laughs> a lot of it, a lot of it's Shea Patterson or, or Andy Dalton, the next guy. All right. Oh, jeez. So, all right. Let's, let's go to uh, Baltimore. At home, a little little AFC North divisional battle. Uh, they are laying eleven and a half points to the Cincinnati Bengals. Where are you at? Yeah, there's there's uh, there's no case for Cincinnati in this one, uh, but this is not a trap line because the, the line is large enough. Um, but we all know Cincinnati has one game. Their run defense is is. Abysmal. Uh, they're 29th the league in scoring, so they can't score. So this is going to be just Baltimore, ground and pound, Harbaugh, Lamar, Mark Ingram. They're not even going to need a pass. They're just going to run down the throw, and Baltimore's covering 11 and a half. Yeah, okay. Look, I talked about Baltimore's defense last week being very suspect, being very concerned about them. And it didn't really stop. Uh, it continued to be somewhat uh, troubled. And look, they're now the fourth worst passing defense. And uh, Lamar Jackson last week sacked five times, three interceptions against, you know, an okay Pittsburgh team. Earl Thomas is now banged up in the secondary. Look, since he's not good, but I'm not trusting this defense to cover big numbers. Like I described the Chiefs over the last few weeks. I just don't. I'm not buying it. And, you know, can I add a little narrative spin? I think a few weeks ago I talked about, you know, maybe it's better for some of these teams to be on the road and it has less pressure. Um, Cincinnati, it was reported last week that they had, like, a very empty stadium and kind of a a crowd that was very negative towards them in certain ways. And uh, I think think maybe it's better for them to just – yeah, just be maybe be on the road. This uh, you know us against the world mentality, and you know there's maybe less pressure. Even it's it's less awkward. Yeah, so maybe maybe more of the coordinators should go down the sideline for emotional support. Maybe that would help. That that would that always helps, as you know. Um, and, and can I give you a cute stat here? Um, Red Rifle in his career as a starter for the Bengals, he is three and five all time in starts at Baltimore. Only one loss has come by more than seven points. I think that trend continues. This is this closer divisional game. And again, Baltimore struggled to stop the pass. You you think they're going to be behind mostly for Cincinnati to have a passing game flow uh, script. So I'm taking Cincy to cover the 11 and a half. Selling uh, hard. Yeah. Selling hard. Dull. Red Rifle. Cover 11 and a half. And uh, let's get to a more more intriguing matchup here in the uh, later games. And that is the undefeated San Francisco 49ers. I think the only only other team in the league is the Patriots who's undefeated at this point. Is that correct? Um, I believe that's I correct. so. Yeah. With, with the Chiefs loss, I believe that's correct. So um, anyway, they're going into a somewhat vulnerable vulnerable Rams team um, in the Coliseum. The Rams minus three. 
where is the doctor? Yeah, this is a, honestly, this is a tough one. I, I, I looked at it hard and I think what popped at me is do I believe that the Rams are really going to lose three games in a row? So similar to kind of my Kansas, Kansas City going to lose two in a row. Um, I'm saying no. Um, the Rams are coming off of, uh, they get a longer week after last uh, Thursday, right? And then San Francisco is coming off a short week. Uh, so I think that plays into it a little bit. The Rams' D has been so bad. Like, they've got to be retooling some things and, and refocusing and coming out with a little bit of a chip, as generic as that sounds. There's got to be something going on there. I just can't see this team losing three in a row. The spread's pretty tight. So um, I think we're going to see a little bit of the old Rams in this one, and I'm taking the Rams minus three. Okay. Um, right now, San Francisco is not just undefeated and hasn't been playing well, but they are dominant and elite statistically. They're the top rushing team in the league. They've allowed the fewest sacks. They are second to the Pats D in yards allowed per game. Their D line looks to be for real as getting after the quarterback with Nick Bosa. And like you said, uh, I hear what you're saying. Uh, Rams losing three in a row, that's tough. Um, and they're in a dicey spot. A loss would put them at 3-3 three and three and also 0-2 against their direct competition in the division. They just lost that Thursday night game to Seattle, as you mentioned. Um, and another awful production game for Gurley, who is also now questionable and I think highly unlikely to play after the long layoff. So I think that's just kind of validating what I've said about him. So, yeah, just, oh, sorry. sorry. No, go, go, real go, quick go. on the San Francisco stats. Like I get it. The statistics, we like to do that sometimes. Bucks, Bengals, Steelers, Browns. Bucks, yeah, but, Bengals, Steelers, Browns. But if you're dominating, what, does, does that mean anything? I mean, if you're not just winning or being good, if, you, if, you're, if you're dominant. I mean, again, I could do that with the Pats, too. Look at their games. If you're dominating, yeah, you, you put Pats. <laughs> Well, I, exactly. But if you put up, if you put up, if the stats are elite numbers. It, it almost doesn't matter who you're playing if they're that good. And also, all, keep in mind during this whole four-game stretch, San Francisco finally played one clean game and didn't turn the ball over. They going to that game, they were in the one of the highest turnovers in the league. At, I think at eight or nine. So, um, so you're buying the Niners. You're buying them for the year. Oh, playoff team. I bought him, I think, after two or three weeks, and I think, yes, I, I am. Now, I, I think Lynch and Shanahan have this thing rolling um, in their third year of their program, and I think, don't don't be surprised. Here's a hot take. Don't be surprised if you see them go out in the trade market and add an A.J. Green or an Emmanuel Sanders here in the next couple of weeks. That's what they... That's what but they you're need. Buying. You're buying them as a playoff team. That's it. You're in. 100%. 100%. All on San Francisco. I, I'm, I don't know if they win this game. I, I, I don't know if they win. No, not no melt. I don't know if they win this game. I'm taking them plus three points. And that will just move on from there. And I think a team that misses uh, Kyle Shanahan pretty greatly is uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Who are traveling to uh the desert as we love to call it 
and taking out the Arizona Cardinals. Atlanta, some way, somehow, is minus two and a half. I'll let you go. Yeah, here we are with Atlanta again. It's just been a mystery. Uh, all right, so they're one and four. I mean, Dan Quinn is coaching for his job. Season's over. Uh, season's probably over. They're gonna. They're not saying that locker room yet, but we all know it is. So I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with Atlanta here. Uh, a couple reasons. Well, I think their veteran leadership will, will kind of come through this week. They're gonna play for coach. That means a little something. Uh, there's still no Peterson in the secondary for, for Arizona, which will help the Atlanta passing game. Um, and I think that Arizona's kind of fast tempo will give Atlanta more chances to score and and connect on some of the some of the longer passes. And it won't be, uh, you know, because I think their problem is they go, I feel like they just go three and out a lot, but they're going to be a lot more chances. I think there'll be enough for them to kind of, kind of get some points on the board. So I'm gonna go ahead and go uh, go with Atlanta on this one, and they Dan Quinn survives another another week. Okay, well I'm gonna I'm gonna use your narrative from last week with the Cardinals, where you were like, you know, they're the team that's gonna be more motivated because they're building yeah. something, and they're gonna like you know keep it together longer. But they um, won. Yeah, and they and they won right. And to and talk won, about they, they, relief, like there's a sense of relief. They're relieved. They got a W. They're over. Like they no, they're they're they're, 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 yeah. they're on a journey. They're building something. They made progress, so they're gonna they're gonna keep it going. And hey, if they wanted to win one for the Gipper, if that was they could they should have done it last week when they put they uh, allowed fifty five points. And again, another game where Atlanta's down. They were down thirty three to seventeen in the second half. They actually cut it. The offense cut it to eight points with a touchdown in a two point conversion. And like four plays later. They gave up another, like, you know, uh, one of Will Fuller's eight touchdowns on a day. And it was like, what, what, something is like very wrong because honestly, that's Dan Quinn's side of the ball. He's the defensive coordinator. That's his thing. And I just think, you know, like you mentioned, like they have veterans and I, I do, they do have veterans. They do have really, as far as talent goes, there's no, there's no even comparison between these two teams. And that's why I just think something has been broken in that locker room or in that organization that is irreparable. And I, I don't know what it is. It's been, I'm very disappointed because I actually, I like their team. I like their roster, but um, no, I'm, I'm going with the team that is building, that is on the journey, uh, making progress. I'm going to the Arizona Cardinals to cover the two and a half in the desert. Uh, and that takes us to another game that no one should be watching ever. And it is the Tennessee Titans taking down the Broncos of Denver in Mile High. Or I don't know if they call it Mile High anymore, but whatever. Uh, Broncos minus two points at Tennessee. Uh, go ahead. So you're not you're not going to agree with this take, but this one also feels a little trappy to me. I, I don't know how how De- I know Tennessee hasn't been good. I just still don't know how Denver is. It's favored in anything, really. Um, I know I took them last week. It was <laughs> I didn't expect them to win. I expected them to cover because they were losing close. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I just I don't get it. Um, Tennessee is is a, a a little more sound than than Denver. Um, you know, especially on defense. I know their offense is is struggled quite a bit. They're only averaging ten point three points a game. Um, 
but just if you if you talk out loud to people and they're like oh tennessee's going to play denver like what are people talking about they, they think that's an automatic win for tennessee you got denver laying two here so i think the the public play and i don't have a number in front of me but the public play would be tennessee plus two so i'm going a little crappy on this one i think it's denver minus two Okay, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't see how, I don't see how anyone could look at this game and go, "Oh, it's an obvious play for either." They both suck. What? And uh, <laughs> Denver terrible. really, Denver really sucks. Okay, okay, okay fine. If you want it, fine. That's what your angle. They're both terrible. But uh, do you have something to add to that? Go no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll let you. I'll let you <laughs> go with your stats. Whatever you want to do. I'm just, just saying. No, I don't got any stats. I got I got something better for you. I got something better than that. Um, I have a little uh, coaching scenario because we talk about coaching a lot. We talk about how bad some of these coaches are and how ridiculous some of their in-game decisions are. Well, uh, I'd bring you, uh, you know, Exhibit A from last week with Tennessee Titans and Mike Vrabel. Are you yeah. you, fami- you familiar? I'm I'm familiar with him and what you're going to talk about. Oh, oh, you okay? So he's—I mean, he's a—he's a—he's a former Patriot. He's a smart guy, right? He's, he's, yep. he, knows, he knows football. Uh, so the Titans were down fourteen to seven with six minutes and thirty to go in the fourth quarter. Had a fourth and four on the thirty-five yard line of Buffalo, and their kicker had already missed three field goals at this point in the game. The offense hasn't gained even two hundred fifty yards in this point in this game. So what do you think he does in this scenario? What do you think he does? What, what would you do? So I would go for it, and he's going to kick it. Okay. Again. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. so yeah, I'm, I'm watching this live. I'm watching this live going, like, there's no way. Like, like, they bring up the like, what is this guy? What is this guy thinking? I, I don't even care if he does make it. This is the dumbest thing in the world. And, of course, he misses it. And... They get the ball back one time and run three plays for five yards and never see it again and, and, and lose. Anyway, um, it, it, it's just – it's ridiculous. Uh, it makes no sense. And uh, I just had to – I had to bring up that nugget because it was just uh, – it was just unbelievable to watch. So these guys are getting paid millions of dollars. I, just, I go, play a video game, guys. Uh, so – Play All right, video game. Play, play video game. So uh, that said, I have nothing more to say about this game. I picked Tennessee plus two because I just I went with the road and points uh, trend in the NFL, and that is it. And I will start off the next game, which is Dallas Cowboys traveling to New York Jets MetLife Stadium. Dallas minus seven, and I think. Last week was pretty jarring. I think for me, I bought into this Dallas team. They were one of my Power Five picks. Uh, got completely blasted by the Packers, and now essentially played two good teams and had some pretty poor showings. And I want to I want to start this out with a question for you, Doctor. And that is, and that is, what is less credible heading into Week Six? Is it Dallas's three and two record, or the outrage generated from Ellen DeGeneres sitting next to George W. Bush in a suite at the Cowboys game last week? So, what was the lead-in? What is, what is more what? Less cre- what is less credible, the outrage or Dallas's record? <laughs> oh man, that's good. Um, 
It's the outrage. The outrage. <laughs> it's, it's the outrage. Yeah, it's the outrage. The outrage is, is laughable on so many levels. You don't want to get into it, but it, it, is, it is comical. You're, you're familiar with what I'm talking about, correct? I, I absolutely am. Right? She's taking shit for sitting next to George W. Bush and all of her fans. <laughs> How could you do that? How could you sit next to somebody like that? How could you be a friend with somebody to agree with? Oh, my God. The whole uh, <laughs> The horror of it all, right? He was a president. Unbelievable <laughs> stuff. And like, dude, he's, he's probably like an okay guy to hang out with. Like, whether you like him as president or not, he's probably okay. And like, isn't her platform like all about being nice to everybody anyway, right? Like, just be kind or something like that. So, when her fans like want to embrace that, it's like the total opposite. If you're a fan of hers, embrace her away. So, I, it was comical. So that's why it's much less credible then. Uh, okay, and, well, uh, I I will say, I will say this that I, I was watching that live. I think as everyone was. Because it was really the only national game at Fort yeah. Lauderdale, and, and I saw, yeah, I saw it, and I kind of thought, oh, that's kind of an odd like pairing. But uh, you know, hey, you know, two successful people, they're uh, you know, uh, very of means, you know, so maybe they're wind up in a suite together, a football game, well, whatever. And then what's weird is because we live in the world we do. Maybe like a split second later, I thought, oh god, I thought, I wonder. I guarantee, like, I was like, I bet she's going to have to, like, explain this in some way to the mob. And she, like, of course, <laughs> like clockwork, all these losers just, like, I, they just, they, you can always count on them. They, they like, you know, went after her on Twitter and now she, like, has to explain, like, why she sat next to a former president of the United States. I was like, this is just insane. But, uh, yeah, so, all right, well, I, I just want to. One and one to get that question out there. I know it's been on everyone's mind, and I know you, know, you have thoughts on it. So uh, anyway, uh, I'll just I'll just go with my pick. I hate this game. I'm very concerned uh, with Dallas. Uh, C.J. Mosley is out or unlikely to play, I should say, for the Jets. That's a that's a big loss there. Uh, Antoine Woods likely back for the boys, who is their big run stuffer on the defensive line, who they've been missing. Who I think was a, a big. Uh, it turned out to be a big factor, I think, uh, last week's game. So I, I'm very, very lucky here, but I'm going Dallas minus seven. Um, well, I think that's right. I think you're. I think it fits into uh, a little bit of your your maybe your Minnesota Vikings narrative right now. The Cowboys have proven that they can beat the shit out of below average football teams so far. So I and, and beat them bad, right? I mean, they they covered in. I don't know if they covered against the skins, but they covered in two of the three and one by double digits against the skins. I can't remember what the line was. They so I, I I expect yeah I expect them to do that again. They've proven they're they're uh, above certain teams in the league, and they'll go they'll go take care of business. Uh, plus, I mean, they're, they're certainly not going to lose three games in a row, and they're not going to lose to the Jets. So uh, I'm with you. It's, it's Dallas minus seven, and they're starting the narrative if they just beat up a bad team. Okay, let's uh, get to SNS. Electric night. Electric night for us. Oh, geez. I know. We have the Pittsburgh Steelers and Devlin McGregor. It's not Devlin McGregor. I'm joking. uh, Devlin Hodges. Yeah. I've never heard of that name before last week. Have you ever heard of it? No, never. I I think he was. I think he played for Samford. Um, That's correct. Yep. But I say Devlin McGregor. Have you heard that name, Devlin McGregor? I don't think so. Have I? Do you recall the movie The Fugitive? Yes, I don't. I don't know that well. That's wrong. Do you remember the farthest name of the pharmaceutical company that was? Uh, they were. Uh, they were scamming to. Uh, they, they, why they? Why they killed Richard Kimball's wife? 
It was uh, it was yeah, Devil McGregor. All it right, De- there it is. It was Devil McGregor because they could bring you Provasic. That was the whole point. All right. So anyway, uh, I love that movie. And uh, the Chargers are minus seven to what we think is Devlin Hodges, but actually today, outside shot of Rudolph playing, he did practice in the limited ability. Yep, I heard that. Um, I, I don't really have much on this game. Like, I, there's just there's not a whole lot of intrigue here. Um, you know, basically, it's like, all right, are the Chargers going to get right? They're one three and one in their record, and they're one three and one spread. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take the Chargers. I'm assuming it's Delvin Hodges right now, and I just don't think Pitt has, has anything to offer at that point. I think the Chargers still believe they have something to play for. So uh, I'm going the Chargers minus seven. Okay. Um, well, you can add Mike Pouncey to another guy they place on IR, their uh, stud center, and uh, that adds to Derwin James and Adrian Phillips, who are already out on the defensive side and possibly Melvin Ingram now for the Chargers. And look, after a while, you know, it's kind of similar to when the Lions play the Chargers. When you have enough of their core, like, you know, starters out, it's just not the Chargers anymore. It's not, it's, it's, it's like, it's like when, you know, Kawhi beat the Warriors. Everyone's like, oh, he's the best player in the NBA. It's like, well, yeah, it's not the Warriors when Durant is out and when Clay right. busts. It's it, that's you're not beating the Warriors anymore. I, no credit taken away from anybody, but you know that's not the same team now. So you should actually expect to beat these guys in certain ways. Um, now, do I expect Pitt to beat the Chargers? Not necessarily, but I, I think it's just a tough spot for these guys to be in lane seven points and. Uh, weirdly enough, I almost bought the receivers. Hodges looks relatively competent when I was watching. Oh, God. He didn't look that bad. I mean, Anthony, Anthony Lynn apologized last week for the Charger performance. He offered an apology. There's no way which, they're going to come out and lay that. Which is, which is actually like kind of troubling. Like, this dude is in what? Like, he's in his second or third year? Like, like, like it's like, this is not good. And it, it was bad. Uh, but I, I don't know. I. Who cares? Let's get to Monday night. This is good. Let's get to Let's get. plus seven is the pick. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Devlin McGregor plus seven. So let's get to the let's get to our boys, the Leos of Detroit. They're at Green Bay. Plus four points. Um, I think I know where you're at, but I'll let you just kind of I'll, I'll let you just kind of go with it. Um. All right. So the Lions have. Beat Green Bay four straight over the last two years, and, and twice at Lambeau. Something like obviously. that. Yeah, so that's amazing. Um, they are two one and one at this point. So it's a pretty simple question: like, do you do you believe you believe in the Lions? Are they really going to beat Green Bay five times in a row? Um, I don't know when the last time that happened is. I couldn't find it. Because um, it's probably uh, the answer is probably never. Uh, <laughs> so right. they're not going to win the game, right? They're, they're not going to win the game. I, I think Green Bay is, is has found their stride. Uh, both sides of the ball. I know you're giving shit about their defense. Um, the last time we did the pod, but I I think they're starting to come into their own. And I I, I still just don't. I'm not buying Detroit. I'm not buying Stafford. I'm not buying anything about them. 
Um, it's, it's Green Bay and Lambeau Monday night, and it's Green Bay minus four. Okay, well, you know, I, I'm not necessarily buying Detroit either, but because we haven't really had a chance to talk about this team since the Kansas City game, because they were off last week, uh, you know, I, I don't think I'm buying anyone in this division yet either. And, and we talked about this, I think, off pod after this game. I don't think Detroit's anything special, but if you want me to be scared of, like, Green Bay and think there's some, like, this, un, you know, above reproach, cannot be beaten team, like, I can't do that. Like, they're, they're, they're good. Obviously, they have the advantage at quarterback for sure, and no one's going to argue that. But um, I'm not I'm not bought in on the defense completely. Uh, I... I I don't. The last week was, I think, the first time they actually averaged over over five yards of carry in the run game. So um, Detroit's had a, a week off to repair. I don't. I'm not going to say they're going to win, but I think this is going to be a close game. And uh, uh, for me, this is the last chance I think the Lions have to prove that they have any credibility or any right to say they have a uh, uh, any right to say that they can win this division. I'll say that they, they need to. Either they win this game or they're out. So um, I think it will be close. I'm going to take the Lions plus the four points. And that is it for the slate of the NFL. And it brings us to the moment of truth, the power five. Uh, Would you like me to start? Yeah, go for it. All right. I am doing the Browns plus one and a half. Philly plus three. Saints plus one. The Bengals in the Power Five plus 11 and a half. Oh my God. <laughs> and the 49ers plus three. Okay, this should be fun. This should be real fun. <laughs> All right, so I'll join you in Cleveland plus the one and a half. All right. Kansas City minus four and a half. Baltimore. Minus 11 and a half. <laughs> the Rams minus three. And I'm going to do it. Green Bay minus four. I had a couple there and I didn't. I got to do it. I had to. <laughs> I, I, I knew. It was, it's too easy for you. It's, just, it's, it's too, too easy. easy. No, no, it's too, no, no, too easy. No, no, no. It's too, too easy. Too easy. I can't jump reference. Really, I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, I, I was expecting, a, fully expecting a Power 5 Green Bay play from you. So, all right, hey, uh, it's great. Um, this is wonderful. And uh, any parting hey. shots here? No, other than, hey, let's let's get together Saturday night, watch, the, uh, watch Notre Dame, USC, and uh, Auburn and LSU, or sorry, Florida and LSU. Yeah, I will look forward to that. And, uh, Good luck to everyone else out there, and of course us. And keep your keep the Dodgers NFL uh, game going. Keep it going, Doctor. That's right. A wonderful set of games, I think, in both the college and pro ranks in week six for pros week seven college football and i just want to say um good luck to everyone playing out there 
This is Swipe Right Sports. It is your sports hot hookup. I'm your host, Bobby Adcock. And DSRR, download, subscribe, rate, review on all your favorite platforms. Follow on Instagram and Twitter at Sports Pod Hookup. We will see you next week. 